It's Thursday, February 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today for Molly Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy Thursday. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Good to be here. We've got some earnings. We've got. We're going to kick around what is probably topic A in the, certainly in the business world and maybe even outpacing the presidential primaries, and that is Apple and the FBI. But let's start with Walmart. Fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected. Revenue was light, and Walmart's struggling. And it seems like they're struggling on several fronts. They are struggling on several fronts. They're a huge company that is trying to be competitive at you know sort of the dollars. They were trying to be competitive at the dollar store kind of idea, and uh, they're trying to be competitive online, and they're trying to be competitive uh, w- with Costco, and they're becoming more of a runner-up in a lot of different categories, and uh, they're trying to be competitive uh, with greater international operations, and uh, due to currency issues, that's not helping them out uh, too much either, and they've just got a lot of balls in the air, and they're not they're not winning any of these things at the moment. And you look at their- Nor e- have they for a long time at this point. Yeah, and there there was a point a couple of years ago where at least on a percentage basis they could point to growth in e-commerce, but that has steadily declined over the last two years. And so, whereas two years ago fourth quarter e-commerce growth was thirty percent, this quarter it was eight percent. And I get that in real dollars it's going up, but just that's, I mean, I think I think Walmart is the kind of Big, not going anywhere, dividend paying stock. That if they had one big metric that was moving in the right direction, I feel like they would be getting a little bit of slack from the market. But this certainly isn't helping. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty young, pretty hip. Um, <laughs> I ever ever bought anything online? I've bought some stuff online. Yes, uh, from Walmart. Never from Walmart. Ever thought about buying anything from Walmart? Sure, there have been there have been times when I've. What uh, caused you not to? Uh, honestly, it was a few years ago. It was before I had my Prime membership, and that is my go-to with Amazon. Right. And it's just the so the last time you thought about using Walmart online was a couple of years ago. Yeah, like three or four years ago. I mean, I think that's more thought than I've put into it. And okay. and and not to beat up on Walmart, but that's the issue, right? I mean, I've already established Amazon. I'm uh, use Prime as well, and uh, Walmart is an afterthought. I, I'm sure they sell a lot of the things that I have bought from Amazon for the same prices. Perhaps I don't know. Perhaps even lower prices, theoretically possible. Um, but uh, it, it just it, one does not expect them to catch up in that department. If ten years from now Walmart has, I don't want to say radically grown their business because I don't. I, I think they're too big to radically grow at all. But I'm just wondering, if 10 years from now, we're looking at Walmart and saying, gosh, they've really done a great job, what do you think the driver is? Because for me, it would be Sam's Club. It would be making a more robust go of the Costco model. I feel like that is a slightly better investment for them than really trying to crank up the e-commerce machine. I think you're right. 
I think that trying to get competitive on the e-commerce side is has been expensive for them and has not produced the results that people have hoped for. But I don't like competing against Costco as as one of my hopeful spots. Right. right? I mean, that's that's the optimistic scenario is that they'll get better. At, Who do you want to compete with, Amazon or Costco? Yeah, Take your pick. Or, and and so they're a huge operation. They've been successful at creating uh, the impression, um, largely true, that they sell at lower prices uh, than the competition. However, and that they're more convenient, you can go in there and you can get everything, and they've done a good job of uh, competing on the grocery side. But you know, that's a very competitive business. It doesn't have a lot of profits at the end of uh, the sale there. The margins are very tight, and there are uh, many good competitors there. So, I don't know what the optimistic scenario is, other than they're huge and entrenched, and they have a lot of customers, and they make hundreds of billions of dollars a year in sales, and are likely to continue to do so. But the margins are being impacted by labor costs, which are going up, and uh, the trend on uh, minimum wage is working uh, against them, and they've they've already sort of to a degree gotten ahead of that. Uh, but that that was. Uh, at least as much following as leading uh, on on making the declaration that they were going to uh, raise the, the wages for everybody there. So I don't know what you point at with a great deal of optimism here. It is a reasonably priced stock. Uh, the question is, is this a value trap? Uh, they raised the dividend by $0.04 cents for the annual dividend up to $2 from $1.96, given the 5% Price decline in the stock today, you're getting more than a three percent yield on that. That's not bad. That's maybe the bright side is that the price is low enough that you're getting a pretty good yield, um, not remarkably higher than the uh, the rest of the S and P 500, which is yielding about two point three, two point four percent right now. So, you know, there's your optimistic scenario. Let's move to a smaller, more focused retailer, and that's Cabela's uh, Outdoors. Fourth quarter profit and revenue came in higher than expected, despite the fact that their sales on winter apparel and footwear and that sort of thing, they weren't really what they were hoping for. And they, Cabela's is not alone in that. We, we heard that over the last few months from a, a number of retailers as well. When you look at Cabela's, what stands out to you? What stands out to me, and we own this in one of the funds and um, unsuccessfully have owned it because it has... Uh, been in price decline for uh, most of the last uh, year or two. It had been a focused uh, retailer with a with a nice growth uh, track behind it, uh, with a couple of interruptions over time. And if you had invested in the company uh, during those interruptions, then you you did well. And that has not yet been the case this time around. They are. Talking, they're not being a hundred percent forthcoming with in what degree they are talking about strategic alternatives, whether that's selling the whole company or splitting off the credit card part of it, uh, or other things. They're still uh, talking about that. They didn't uh, give any more new details in the press release about that, nor would one expect them to. So it wasn't a bad quarter, but weather was an issue and. Uh, they're 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 not they're not you know really driving in the business that one expected them to with the 
uh, increased number of stores that they have been opening. It's not that often that you find. I want to stick with the strategic alternative for a second because it it really isn't all that often that you can look at a stock, you can look at a business, and say with almost complete certainty, this is about as black and white as it gets in terms of upside for investors, because you could look at the drop today. It's down about three and a half percent. It's trading in the low forties. You could look at this today and say, well, I'm going to pick up some shares because. I'm basing my thesis completely on they're going to sell themselves. Someone is going to buy them, and I, as a shareholder, will benefit to some degree. And it's not often that you get that kind of black and white outcome when you look at a stock. Okay, they might be bought out by somebody, or they might decide they might find nobody's particularly interested. I think Bass Pro is the leading rumor out there as to who might think about buying them. But it's not quite black and white in that it may not be, even if they get to where they want to go on the strategic alternative, that selling the whole business is where they want to go. They've got a pretty reasonably successful credit card uh, operation, and and that is something that might be very valuable to somebody. Uh, The thing is that they, they have very loyal. Uh, credit card uh, users who who choose to pay uh, this card off before their others is sort of the the way the the research breaks down uh, because they value uh, what they have bought from Cabela's very highly and that's a good thing but you know the retail is very tough we've seen a couple of sporting goods places go out of business recently uh, Sports Authority just uh, declared uh, filed for bankruptcy uh, City Sports. I don't know if that's something. Is, did they have any of those around you? City sports? Uh, not around here. Up yeah. in Boston, they did. Yeah, DC's got had a few, and uh, both of those places in trouble. So not that surprising. Uh, Cabela's is not as sports related as as sort of outdoor gear, but it's their camping, overlaps. hunting, fishing, camping, hunting, fishing, um, and ammo, firearms. This is something uh, that was a so they mentioned called out as a, as a bright spot in the last quarter. Uh, firearms and ammo sales were up. Uh, you know, this is something and we we talked about this and actually took it out of the podcast because three months ago, in relation to their earnings, I discussed the effect that some of these uh, horrific mass shootings have on people's expectations that the gun laws are going to change and they go out and. Buy things before the laws might change. We had, yeah, we had the rare edit for the the few listeners who have actually come here and watched us tape Market Foolery, or if they've ever watched on Periscope. This is a, uh, uh, as our radio show producer Matt Greer would say, it's a it's it's our version of one take productions. Yeah. We don't do any. We very rarely do some editing, but in that case, in that case, we, we did talked about it. The relevance of that. Dynamic on on the business, and uh, it's peripheral, but it's it's something which makes some sort of lumpiness in in their results. And then later that day, after we had uh, recorded, uh, the San Bernardino shooting occurred, and it just was inappropriate to have any discussion about that kind of thing. Um, not that we were joking about it in any way; it just was no. But we had taped it about four or five hours before. Yeah, it was just unnecessary to. Introduce into um, people's 
uh, brains that day as, as something uh, they wanted to hear about. Anyway, uh, we were bring that up today because we're about to talk about something else that's got to do with the San Bernardino shooting, which you mentioned uh, earlier being Apple. So, you know, did they get a little bit of increased uh, gun and ammo sales again this quarter from people coming in and uh, ramping up purchases before an expectation of maybe this time there will be new gun legislation? I don't know. Um, I hope that's not how people react to these things, but uh, in the past it is it hasn't hurt in the short term Cabela's, you know, quarterly sales. Well, let's talk about Apple and the FBI because uh, as probably a lot of people know, uh, the FBI um, is trying to compel Apple um, to access the iPhone of, uh, and I'm blanking on the guy's name, but the guy who was the shooter, the terrorist who was the shooter in San mm-hmm. Bernardino. And I was saying right before we started taping, I'm I'm genuinely struggling with this one, and I, I just in talking with people around the office, including uh, some of our attorneys, uh, I take a little bit of comfort in that I don't appear to be alone in struggling because on the one hand, this is uh, someone who is, well, he's a terrorist. He killed a lot of people, and he's dead. And so part of me just says, well. Yeah, let's let's do whatever we can to access whatever information we as a country need to uh, to take whatever steps necessary to prevent this type of thing in the future. On the other hand, if I'm understanding this correctly, this is more complicated than simply the government saying to Apple, "You have this data, and we want it." It appears as though the situation is the government is saying. We need this data. You can't hand it over to us, so we want you to create new code. We want you to write new code so that we can access it. And Tim Cook, the CEO at Apple, very publicly, including an open letter to customers saying, no, we are absolutely not going to do this. It will compromise the privacy. Even if you say, you, the government, say, well, we're only going to use it for this one phone. In this one situation, it is a very slippery slope, and if we create this code, we risk anyone accessing that code and doing God knows what with it. Yeah, I think that everybody is apparently to date uh, acting responsibly. This is what you want the FBI to do, to do what it needs to do to get this information to, as they say, uh, explore whether there are any connections with other potential terrorists uh, out there that this individual may have been communicating with. Uh, it's their job to uh, protect whoever they can protect by doing the right thing. And uh, I think Apple is responding quite appropriately as well in, in re- saying, you haven't thought this all the way through, and compelling us to create something new uh, is quite different than um, what you thought you were asking for, and it's not appropriate for us to do it. And there, there are things that you haven't thought all the way through. Uh, and you, the government, can present that you'll just use this the one time and then destroy what you know what we give you to access everybody's phone. Uh, but it could fall in the right hands, and you know, frankly, governments aren't uh, in the wrong hands. 
in the wrong hands and and uh, you know i think that uh it's 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 a good debate which should be handled soberly you know and and probably will not be once it enters as it already has the presidential uh debate which i think is the wrong place to get anybody's snap judgments on these things i know in a former life you were an attorney in terms of expectations for investors how long what kind of time range are we looking at if in fact this does go as some have suggested this this is a case that could go to the supreme court because of how complex it is and apple has not only a lot of other companies on its side google and facebook just to name two but they've also got arguably the deepest pockets in the world of any corporation and they will fight this all the way to the supreme court how long well, is that, it going to take know, the wheels of justice to years, move on this one? Years, you know, not would certainly wouldn't get to uh, the Supreme Court in uh, in this term, uh, and I would like to think that both sides will be looking for any other ways to get the information uh, other than what has been requested so far. Uh, there, there may be alternatives. I'm sure people are thinking through this and looking for ways uh, to get the information without compromising everybody's privacy on their phones potentially um, and it's as I say it's a good it's a good debate uh, and one that people should give a lot of thought to and not rush to judgment on what is the right thing to do because uh, because of the complexity and on the other side of that you have got a certain urgency. Uh, to what the FBI is looking for, which is to stop the next thing, if there is a next thing that can be stopped by knowing what's in there today. I mean, if, if over a couple of years, you, if there is anybody out there that's been uh, corresponding or communicating with uh, the San Bernardino shooter, they're you know they're aware that they they have to start getting their uh, get out of the out of the way of whatever could be found uh, about them. So they're benefiting from any delay, clearly, if, if they exist at all. Which you know, I I don't know, and the FBI doesn't know. Clearly, I am too influenced by television fiction because this seems like something that if this were CSI or Twenty Four or NCIS, they've got. In those fictional departments, they've you know they've got the tech nerds who you've, are like, oh yeah, I'll hack this. You fun. solve this before the commercial break, no yeah. problem. <laughs> I mean, uh, Chloe on on Chloe on twenty four is knocking this out. She wouldn't need to be in the office to do it. She hand she's got stuff at home that that she could she could solve this with the whatever tech, the whatever tech, uh, and and so many other TV shows can do this as well. Uh, and and I don't know if Hollywood has been brought in yet, but. There have got to be. Uh, it's comforting in a way, of course, that the FBI can't d- apparently just doesn't have the whatever tech available, right? I mean, there there are certain not to hack this iPhone. Certain conspiracy theorists out there that probably would believe that the FBI can do whatever it wants to do with your phone uh, as soon as it's got it, and and that apparently is victory to Apple. Uh, for creating stuff that uh, can't be hacked as easily as TV would lead us to believe that it it can be. I would 
be willing to bet unless it's a gigantic ruse by the FBI. I'm I'm willing to, to make us all feel safe. I'm willing to bet a, a bottle of very nice bourbon that someone in the marketing department at Apple has already pitched the idea of turning this into an ad campaign. Our iPhones are so secure that the FBI can't hack it. And they've, at least to this point, been shot down with that idea. Let's wrap up on a slightly lighter note with Please. Ne- with Nestle. Um, uh, Nestle's huge. Nestle's one of those companies that is I, I generally thought of as being large. I didn't think of it as having 340,000 employees and operating in nearly 200 countries. Um, when you look at their latest quarter, stock down about four um, percent. You know, not not having a particularly bad past twelve months as many other companies. But what stands out to you in terms of Nestle's business? Well, but and and just the last thing I'll say, Nestle, yet another business along the lines of Johnson and Johnson that pretty much everyone listening probably has some Nestle product in their home. Yeah, I think. When you think Nestle here, I guess the first thing that you think of is is Nestle Crunch, right? yeah, or Nestle Quick, and they're chocolate. They're much I'm thinking actually, chocolate, much bigger around the world. They're a Swiss company, uh, although only two percent of their business is, is in Switzerland, uh, but they're just everywhere. They they're very big in in cereals, although not in the U.S. cereal market particularly. Yogurt, coffee, uh, bottled water. Uh, other drinks uh, beyond bottled water, ice cream, and uh, very big in, in infant food, uh, performance nutrition. They're just a pretty good proxy for how it, how are consumer staples globally doing. And the answer to that is they're growing slowly, and they're growing less quickly than you would think. But the North American division did better than the the rest. So. Again, confirmation that things are going a bit better for us here than than the rest of the world in terms of growth. Our economy is a little bit on uh, better footing right now. Uh, the The emerging markets aren't growing at the pace that, that you wanted them to, and that's not a surprise. But this is yet another confirmation of that. It's nice to see somebody other than U.S. companies whining about uh, currency translations. The Swiss franc has been. Very strong over the last twelve months. Um, you may recall the the bump when uh, Switzerland uh, uh, the Swiss franc uh, dramatically gained strength last year. And so, what stands out to me is that things are going okay uh, in the world, uh, better in the U.S. than everywhere else, basically. And that's that's no great surprise. Pet care as well. They're big with they're uh, very big in pet care. Purina, Purina, parent company of Purina, which everybody was watching uh, sponsor the uh, Westminster Dog Show the other night. Were you watching? I was not watching. <laughs> no, you're was, not a dog owner. I'm not a dog. Not owner. to expose more secrets to the, the U.S. and global public. I am not a dog owner. Although there. I will say that the uh, Christopher Guest do- uh, fake documentary Best in Show is. Easily one of my favorite movies of the last fifteen years. It's a great movie. It and, is a great and, movie. I mean, you can't help but think about that movie while watching the Westminster Dog Show. 
uh, Westminster, Westminster Kennel Club uh, dog show, and uh, it was it was another good show. I thought, of course, felt the wrong dog won, as uh, just about everybody probably does all the time because they want their breed if they've got a, a breed, or in my case, sort of close to a, a breed uh, going. Rocky, our dog, is is about 90-some percent lab, but there's a little bit of something else going on in there. Okay. Uh, and, and the lab never wins. Most popular dog in the U.S. by far, and it never wins. It's kind of like the Academy Awards in that sense, right? Like the really popular, fun movies that rack up huge box office, they almost never win or, or are even nominated for Labs are the Star Wars of dogs, yes. Y- yes. Yeah, the Indiana Jones of dogs. And you, you fly- Indiana, actually a dog. In right in that's the Indiana right. Jones movies, that's that's we it. named the dog Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. Uh, Westminster Dog Show, very profitable mm. television property, very yeah. profitable. Yes, and it was up for bid last year, and uh, Fox has now stolen it from USA Network, who had it for the last thirty years, I think. Good for them. I yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, USA was. Westminster, I think, was displeased with its um, placement on the USA calendar. There's another dog show in Philadelphia that that ends up being run either like on Thanksgiving Day, I think, after the parades or something, and gets a, a much bigger audience. So uh, I think Westminster was feeling slighted uh, by that and wants uh, wants to work with somebody who's going to give them a better better time i guess i'm not sure uh but fox sports one has now got it and we'll start next year 2017 so if you're yes. if if like bill barker you're a fan of the westminster dog show next year don't be looking for it on the usa network look for it on fox no, sports because then you'll just be watching i don't know suits or silk stockings or whatever is run on USA. silk stockings God, that's a dated <laughs> reference. God. But you remember it. Well, yeah, like you, I'm old. I think we'll wrap up there. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.